Hey, Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Warrilow, and I'm thrilled that you're here with us today. This podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, purpose, impact, and prosperity. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we'll be diving deeply into topics that keep you inspired and at your best. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, sharing tools and resources, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. But before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask a favor. Would you be willing to go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to and leave a rating and review? It helps people find our community and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people. So thank you. Now let me ask you, are you ready to be inspired? Because we have a great guest lined up to talk with you today. Our guest on the podcast this week is Jane Pinto. Jane is a true visionary and founder of a number of companies, including First Crop Inc., Pinto Barn, and Don't Go Nuts. She is committed to developing unique companies that consciously serve at the intersection of social responsibility and profitability. And the title for our conversation today is Thinking Differently About the World and Our Place in It. So welcome, Jane. Thank you, Jane, my friend Jane. (laughs) Um, I'm very, very honored to be with you today. Thank you. Well, I'm thrilled to be talking to you because you and I, we haven't known each other for that long. And yet you feel like one of those soul friends that I've known perhaps in another lifetime somewhere. <laughs> perhaps many. That's how I feel about you also. Perhaps many. Thank you. <laughs> so I did a quick intro there, Jane, about you. But, you know, this is the Sacred Changemakers podcast. So we have a lot of changemakers listening to this. So my first question relates to change, really. I mean, what is the change that you take a stand for in the world? At this point in my life, I'm almost 60. Um, this year, I'll be 60. I see a huge responsibility and actually a privilege to be where I am to match this moment in time where we as a global family, as all of humankind must come together and really see the truth. Let's see the truth of what's going on. Let's see the truth of what's working, what isn't. How are we holding each other? How are we not? How are we aligned? How are we divided? How are we in unity? And what are we doing to make sure that we preserve our souls and existence on this planet? Because the earth is going to be here. The earth. A lot of people say, let's save the planet. The planet is so much, (laughs) so much more powerful, intuitive, and holds so much more wisdom than we'll ever get close to. It's going to be here. How are we going to be here honoring the planet and our generations to come to make sure that they have all the beautiful things we've been able to have and more and to stop taking from them, our future generations and our planet, things that are, are, are just not ours to take. And that's going to take change makers, 
that's going to take corporate social responsibility. That's going to take regenerative acts by every single soul walking this earth. Yeah. Wow. So that's a big change that you're taking a stand for there, my friend. (laughs) And I think it's one of the things that connects us. Um, You know, so we're so aligned in that. But I'd love for the listeners to get a sense of, you know, how did you kind of get here to this space where that is so important to you? I mean, if you could tell us a little bit about like the journey that's brought you to where you are today. Yes, thank you. It's been, oh my gosh, it's been incredible and it's been beautiful and it's been hard also. Uh, Like every human existence, I think, um, and might I say, I I think the human spirit is, is truly one of the most magical, powerful things that I've ever seen. My, my own and every other one that faces um, bold challenges but I think it's those challenges. Our pain is our growth. Our challenge is the invitation to, you know, widening and broadening and making the path in front of us richer. So I've had, like many people, a full life, a full life from childhood to today of gifts and blessings and loss and grief and betrayals. And I've walked as a woman in business for the last 40 years. And I've seen, um, you know, a lot of thousands of years of conditioning and nobody's fault. Don't blame anyone, but it's just um, time, time to change. And as I walked each year, each day, each moment in business and saw how little we connect to love in the workplace, in corporations, um, and even just in our everyday lives, I I just made a commitment a long time ago that I was going to talk about love and care and I was going to be really bold and brave with that. And sometimes I didn't get the reception that I wanted and most often, to my surprise, I did. So I kept going because it's truly important to open up the conversation in every aspect of life that we are loving and caring for each other. And that doesn't mean we're all having dinner together. It just means that there is a recognition of soul to soul, work person to work person, company to company, political entity to political entity. Um, These are the ways that we just, we have to connect to deep, I call it divine love. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, everything that you say is is so like intriguing to me. There's so many different ways I, I could kind of probe into the conversation. But the, f- the thing that really gets me is when you talk about like love and care and you talk about pain is our growth, you said that. Um, and, you know, these are all really interesting kind of meanings to attach to your own journey as you go. So I'd love to ask you to take us back to that, inflection point in your life when you first decided to go into your first business tell us what like what was around you at the time I mean what motivated you to start your first business well I have to say I had a an incredible mom who uplifted all of her children she had nine children and um, she just 
let us know that the world was better because we were in it every day, she told us, and also told us that we can be and do anything, but make sure that there's service attached to it. Make sure that there's there's something that you're doing in everything that you do that gives back to our world and to, to the, the, the living beings on this planet. And she had deep faith and I really learned a lot from her. So at seven, I told her that I was going to build businesses and she left and told me she knew that I would and that they would, that they would have great heart to them. And I'll never forget her looking in my eyes and saying that. And my first business was when I graduated college. Um, it was a, a small fashion company, and I, I rarely worked for anyone else. Um, I tried it, like I think was maybe two or three months. And it's just not, it's not my DNA. It's not the way my, my soul runs. It's not the way it lights up. And so... I started and that first business I would I would say that it was really based in I want to be creative and I want to I want to make my mark I want I want people to see that that I I I am something to watch and it was very lonely and it was not the prosperity or the intersection of purpose and mission, love and care and profits that I want to be involved with, with regenerative economies. And so my second business was far more impact um, based. And uh, it was a real estate company that had values and not it was not based in sales or commissions. It was based in relationships and values and environment and how could we look at every piece of land that we were touching and do our very best with it and and i feel that that was the beginning of my culture of courageous communication love and care and just you know really unconditional love and unconditional equality inside of a business structure but absolutely always talking about the hard things uh, you have to you can't be successful in business without the hard conversations but we had a, a, a very easy saying say what you mean just don't say it mean and it wasn't my saying but it was a saying we all heard long ago and and we've used in, in each company that I've started and then I had my children and everything shifts and changes when you bring these these human lives into the world I had twins and I was older and, you know, it just changed, it just changed my commitment to um, the betterment of all. It just did. And I took another step forward in my commitment and devotion to running companies, starting companies, being the visionary and founder of companies that are based in mission and based in profits. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's service and success. And, we did a food company for children with allergies, and that was that was the, some of the most meaningful work I've ever done. And then uh, it was time to move from that. And this next venture that I'm doing with some some of the greatest men I've ever worked with, um, and and women, is called First Crop, and it's it's based in the power and miracle miracle miraculous plant of hemp, and what hemp can do for the world 
and our planet not only healing uh, our mission is is uh, healing people and planet one seed one soul one regenerative act at a time and i feel like it's a communion of all of the things that i've done with all of the great people that i've done it done everything with because you never do anything alone the i went to we very quickly i understood very quickly that if i stay in the eye of my creativity and in my world, it would be very closed and I would never be able to have the impact um, on the world that, that I, I truly am committed to having. And so it's all of us together. It's you and me, Jane. It's, it's I'm on this podcast with you. It's I'm supporting what you're doing. You're supporting what I'm doing. We're looking at each other and we're looking at what companies are doing things that are healing people and healing planet. Really, I mean, it's, it's, it's super important. And anyone who's not doing it, and you have to walk your talk, you've got to actually do it. It's, you just can't be in vogue saying you're doing it. It's, this, is, this is walk your talk time for the, the generations to come. And so First Crop is just one of those businesses where I've been so blessed to be able to bring my gifts to the table and and coordinate those and 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 be a part of a collective that's truly bringing products to the market that will heal people but it's from the soil all the way to the soul to the shelf because we work with the farmers and they help us and teach us and we partner with them and we share with them what we know and we grow this plant that pulls carbon out of the air and puts it back into the soil and Every bit of carbon that we can pull out of the air and put back into the soil, that's what we have to do with each other. We've, we, we've got to look at our businesses, what we're doing, how we're doing it, and who we're doing it with, and how it's affecting every living being in our planet. That's, that's, I think that's the deal right now. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I love the work that you're doing with First Crop. It feels to me very unique really. And one of the things, you know, we, we titled our, our talk today, think differently about the world and our place in it. And it seems to me that that's what first crop is all about. It's about embodying this thinking differently about the world. And I love how you say our place in it because it speaks to the collective and the relationships, but I'd love to know, like, what does that, how does that kind of emerge in day-to-day life with you as the business leader and you have these incredible relationships inside of first crop but like what are you doing differently as a leader to make this happen well this this company uh is set up to let everybody who and we're and and all of us have a lot of experience there's five co-founders and um I know all of these men very well, and everybody brings to the table their expertise. Dave Armstrong brings operations. He's he's 40 years in operations, huge corporations. Um, Dave Ware is our CEO. He is a financial genius and a strategy and execution genius, and uh, and he brings. You know, again, I don't need to even say it, I think, again, but all of these men bring incredible hearts to this. David Hill is our regenerative 
ag and systems um, and quality specialist, and he he's had over 35 years in in agriculture, in farming, in in the, in the big you know in the big world and the small world, the ways that we treat our soil and amend it and 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 bring you know carbon currency back to the world or or the 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 chemicals that we've all you know he learned a lot from the chemicals that we don't want to use anymore and then we have michael bowman and he is you know responsible or partly responsible none of us do anything alone but he was had a very big part in the farm bills in 2013 and in 2018 that legalized hemp and brought this miraculous plant, this healing plant, back to America, and and we're so grateful to you know for all of his policy work. So I'm the heart leader, and I'm for the first time in any company I've been in. That's my job to be the visionary and heart leader, and I get to make sure that all the decisions we make, we hold up to our mission. And we hold up to love and care and we hold up to regenerative acts. Is this packaging the best we can do? Are these seeds the best genetics? And are we working with companies that are that are that care like we do? You have to go all the way back in the in the chain of command, in the chain of resources in every company to make sure that today everyone's aligned and how they treat their you, you can never know exactly how people are treated in a company, but you sure can get online and find out if there's a lot of people that are saying it wasn't fun to work there. That's not a company we want to deal with. We want to align ourselves with strategic partners that care like we do. And when nobody's going to do it perfectly, but if we intend to do it much better than we have in the past, we will. And so it's, it's, you know, we called it at, at Don't Go Nuts, we called it field to fingers. It's it's this process and practices, just almost like someone's precious religious practices or spiritual practices. We can bring those practices to businesses and say, does this fit? Does this hold up to the mirror, to the heart of love and care? Does this fit? Does this fit? And everywhere down the line, we can get all the way to a product that's in our hand and the and the co-packers that we've used and every single person that's touched that product from the soil all the way to the soul can have been called to an invitation to do business like we are. And if they accept it, great. And if they don't, we move on and we find somebody who does want to do business this way because it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us to make these changes and to see the changes in corporations, social corporate responsibility, and all of that will lead to a regenerative planet. It's not enough to sustain it anymore. We've gone past that. We didn't hear the calls like we needed to. We have a chance to hear them now, and we need to all commit to these regenerative systems, economies, and agriculture and social systems, regenerative acts to one another and regenerative acts to our planet. You know, it's lovely to hear you talk because as I'm kind of listening into the energy underneath your words, it, it, it feels like a very sacred energy. It feels like your sacred calling to do this work in the world. 
And, uh, and I wonder what you would say to that. <laughs> Amen. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say that, um, oh, it's almost teary. I would say that I am absolutely called to do this work in a sacred way. And it's taken every step along the way to get to this place, to be standing in, in my own soul, confident and humbled by life and but but humbled by the purity of the calling it's pure and holy and that's what it is and it can be all of that even inside corporations inside relationships inside your inside companies with your team members inside the culture outside with anyone you deal with it just it can be all of that and I'm I'm just really grateful and blessed to be able to say you're absolutely right, Jane. It is a sacred calling, mm. <laughs> and I and I thank you for hearing it and feeling it. Yeah, and you know, and it it it, gosh, it feels so authentic for you to speak in that way. And then I'm also thinking about like some of the listeners that might be listening here, you know, they, they may be running businesses of their own. They may be business leaders in large global corporations where, you know, really historically sacred and callings is not language that we use in business. I mean, what wisdom do you have to share with those people who are thinking, well, you know, that all sounds really nice for Jane, but, you know, I'm over here in this global corporation. And, you know, if I said that, people would laugh at me if I started talking about callings and sacredness and maybe even love and care in our organization. What, what would you say to them? I would say that, well, I would, I would be bold and say to be bold. Right. And if you don't want to language it in the same words that I'm using with you or that are true for me and that I feel very committed to saying because I think it's the only way, that's my calling. My calling is to say it. A lot of other people's calling is to be it. And you don't have to say it to be somebody in a corporation that is acting in love and care, that is treating another coworker or a conflict in respect and value and love and care. Sometimes we don't, we can be the power of example and be the love and care rather than talk about it my my calling is to talk about it my calling is i can't not talk about it mm. but if you're in a corporation that it wouldn't feel um authentic or aligned then take baby steps and make a commitment to how you're going to act what you're going to bring to that business every day what kind of person you're going to be when you walk in the door what fitness is your soul so that you can be the power of example in a company that might truly need the rock to be thrown in the water and radiate out. Mm. And I just, I don't think our world can afford any one of us to not look at how can we, how can we contribute what feels right for us? And it doesn't need to be what I'm doing. Mm. But find out what it is for you that will make your workplace 
sacred to your heart? What will make the people you work with sacred to you? And that doesn't mean you're going to dinner with them. It just means that you see them as a valuable human being in this world, even in conflict and in 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 difference differences of opinions and ways we do things, we can still hold people in love and in care. Yes, that, I mean elegantly said. What can I say? Um, that was you know such great words of wisdom to share with our listeners because. You know, I also think as we, as we stand and you, as we opened our conversation today, you talked about, you know, facing reality, the need for us to face reality. And, and it seems as you're talking, Jane, that, you know, you're, you feel like the sacred, the sacred path, whatever you want to call it, um, has a place in the changes that are needed in our world right now. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yes. Um, let's let me take a breath because I think this might be the most important question you've asked me, Jane. Mm. Um, if we don't, as as a human family, and and as you know, all the, the all the plants, animals, everything, we're all one big beautiful organism together we're just a big family and we we have walked for a very long time at least this is how my heart feels and it's just one heart but it but it's the truth for me and that's what we have that's what's sacred is the truth that that if we don't all come together and make small regenerative changes together commit to small regenerative loving care acts for each other and our and our, and this beautiful place we call home that we will we just won't get there we won't get there we're we're not in good shape right now there's a lot of course always going going right but i think if we were to be truthful and look around we need love and care and that is what I feel is sacred, is that if we are willing to be courageous and bold and truly make a space to connect ourselves in this huge disconnected world with something greater than ourselves, you know, work of purpose, that's divine. Divine, loving relationships with the people you work with, that's divine. I am not speaking religion. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Just this sacred connection to each other that we have got to find again, and so that we can we can be a community that that is elevating each other and taking our planet to the next place of restoration and regeneration that that just has to happen in order for us to all be here on the planet together yes 
Yes. And I, I am totally with you on that. I recently heard Charles Eisenstein talk and he was talking about the fact that a lot of the challenges, a lot of the problems in our world today are arising from the fact that we're all living as though we're isolated individuals and we're forgetting the, the relationships that we have, not just to other people, but to the planet, to, to the animals, to the, the plants, the birds, the trees, to, to everything, really. And he said, if we could just shift that one belief that, you know, we're not living as isolated individuals and everything we do has an impact, then you start to see that, you know, whatever you do, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And where do you want to be? On which side of the line do you want to fall? And I really hear that in what you're saying as well, which, you know, is probably a message that, you know, some of us need to think about a little deeper, lean into and work out actually what it means for us in our lives. And like you said, Jane, you know, what, what is sacred to us? What is authentic for us? And it doesn't have to be something big. It can just be about bringing that love and care that you speak so elegantly about into our relationships, just like turning the dial a little bit more towards love and care can make all the difference. I think I really do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And committing to, you know, even, even small acts of looking at the companies that are looking at our place in the world. Yeah. What each one of us has and our obligation to honor this place. And so I, I, I'm so fortunate to work with First Crop because I love the work we're doing and I'm proud of it. And we, mm-hmm. are, we are looking at how, how we can be restorative, regenerative. How can we be neighbors of reciprocity? What can we bring back when we take something? And I think if even the small act of people looking for companies like that, buying their products or working for them, finding a place inside a corporation that you believe in that is doing the kind of work that you, you feel good about and is moving our world and the people in it in the right direction. That's a big, that's a, that's, it, it might feel small, but it's huge. Mm-hmm. If everybody was doing that, then the vibration would just, it would just, start to to rise in a way that we'd really see some I think collective huge change Mm. yeah so let me ask you what are you most excited about in your life right now I am most excited about my family and their place in the world and that's my, 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 my husband and my children, but, but then I have a family that you're a part of, and our friend Lori is a part of, and Dave Ware, and my, the people in the company that I work in. I'm, I'm most excited about the souls and the, the commitment of, and actions of these souls and what they're doing to create regenerative, regenerative economies in this world. Um, I'm just, I am so excited about the the people in my life at this time in my life mm. and, and how they're contributing and how they're looking at how to contribute even more every day. And I, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And I'm excited about my kids and, and my kids generation. They're 19 
and these these young people coming up they they really are the ones they 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 everyone keeps saying they're the ones we've been waiting for they are stepping into being buffaloes in the storm they they are okay with the wild storm hitting their face and that's what i love most about buffaloes they just put their face right up into the storm and they're not they're not going to let it keep going the way it's going and i'm so excited about about that generation these generations to come and and the grandbabies being born and how responsible my kids feel for those kids being born today and i i'm that it's so touching to me because we didn't think i didn't think like that i'm starting to for sure over the last you know 10 20 30 years but when I was 19, I was not thinking about your grandbaby, Jane, and, and how can I make sure that she has what she needs on this planet and that we leave it better than we found it. And I just think it's such an exciting time where souls are, are human beings so, and the souls that, they, that they've got in them, they're, they're, caring, they're caring so much more about kind of the soul of Mother Earth I guess maybe is a good way to say it. I don't, I don't, I just think people are waking up, really waking up to um, changes that are necessary and, and willingness and excitement about being part of that. There's not despair. There's hope and, and commitment to action. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that those are the key ingredients that are really going to help us to move forward, you know, in ways that is going to be regenerative. So a final question, and this is kind of personal in a way, you've talked a lot about regenerative ecosystems. And I just wonder, what do you do personally for your own sense of self-care and your own regenerative sense of, you know, your own body, your emotions, your own spiritual life. I mean, what does regenerative mean to you personally in your life? What do you do? Well, I, I, I really have sacred practices and I put them all under that word. And I'm not just saying that word. That's, I was asked what my, my word was when I was 20 years old and I said sacred and I've always talked about the sacred circles inside my heart and, and, and if you're, you know, the, the, the precious people in it and the precious missions inside it. And so for me, I have daily practices that are, are um, mind, body, spirit practices to make sure that I keep filling the well so that I can give. We can't, we can't give what we don't have. So I used to deplete myself and not take time for self-care and, and self-evolution. And, you know, when I was 20 years old, that just changed. I just saw that I wasn't, I wasn't headed in the direction I wanted to go. It wasn't to the high road. It really was not. And so I looked at some of the ways that I behaved and I looked at some of the things that I did and just walked into the woods five miles and I had five miles to walk back out and I do daily meditation. I try to eat well. I do have a little too much sugar sometimes. I love chocolate. Um, but I, but I live, I really live a clean, pure life. I have to, it's the only way that, that I can do it. Um, and, and, and be, you know, more than happy. Happy's great. 
I want to be in joy. I want to be in service. So I have a lot of prayer. I do um, I do a lot of work with 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 the the source that is mine and works for me. And that is a that's a very sacred relationship. And I surround myself with people who are are you know they're well divers. They're they're willing to go to the deepest, darkest parts of the of the ocean so they can splash out and and, and give back to the world. I I surround myself with people like you, and um, that's why when I met you, I felt like I knew you for years and years and years because we've been walking together, but we just didn't know each other. That's right. That's true. And you're going to have to share now the story of the the ducks, the dolphins, and the whales. <laughs> Because oh, God, honestly, it's had such a profound effect on me. I'm from sitting <laughs> down with your gorgeous family and being asked, like, you know, are you a duck or a dolphin or a whale, Jane? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, I've had a chapter in my book that I've never finished yet, but I will. I'll, I'll, I will finish it. And it's, um, we just, we just, I, I, it's not a judgment. I want to say that right up yeah. front. It's not a judgment. It's just a, a fact that there are people who are ducks and they're so happy to live on top of the water and just they put their necks out to the sun and every now and then they'll, they'll dive down for food and they're, they're very content that way. And, and, and believe me, sometimes I, I, I've had envy through the years for those that, duck it out and that's it's fabulous there's a there's a rhythm and simplicity and and solid song to their life and then there's dolphins and they they go down deeper they they'll they'll do they'll do some self-evaluation some self-reflection and they come back up and they're playing and and um and i'm a whale and there's just no question i I periodically have to go down into the deep depths of the ocean and get quiet and dark and be in the cold and in the still and and do the work I need to do and that's I'm just a deep diver and that's my kids you know have always just called me a whale diver and so <laughs> then you come up and you splash and you play and the sun hits you and you're spraying water all over and um we just we've had a lot of fun with that through the years you know and <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember what you what you answered, but I would imagine you might be a dolphin and a whale. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, um, yeah, I, I don't think I answered anything at first. And then um, I think I was told I was a whale. Definitely. <laughs> that, that's my memory of it. <laughs> I'm so, sure that was great. <laughs> I think it probably was, yeah. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, as always, I've really enjoyed our conversation today and I know our listeners will have got some real insights from just listening to you and your story. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Jane. I so appreciate the work you do and who you are how you're doing it. I really, really appreciate you bringing a conversation to the world that is about sacred change makers. It's absolutely, it's just awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. <laughs> 
Okay, everyone, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Before we go, I want to invite you to take a look at the Changemaker Society. This is our sacred community of changemakers, and it's one of the most extraordinary, engaged groups of people who are committed to making the world a better place. Some of us work in the transformation industry, some of us don't, but our diversity is our strength. We support each other to grow personally and professionally, and together we're making a relevant impact while reminding each other to practice good self-care along the way. And the members are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. 